Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Anella Malik of Feed the Malik. Anella, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I wanted to read a little bit more about Anella so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. And Anella is the food writer and advocate behind local, the local blog Feed the Malik. Anella is best known for her advocacy for restaurants owned by marginalized peoples, particularly Black-owned restaurants. She created a widely used directory of Black-owned restaurants open in the D.C. area and has been working to match Black-owned restaurants with free services to help them survive and thrive during the pandemic. Anella, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Absolutely. Awesome. Let's do it. So to kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit and, and hear more about what I call your CEO story. We'll let you get started with all the awesome things you're working on. I actually was living abroad and I wanted to push myself. You know, when you're an American living abroad, I think the easiest way to go about your life is to hang out with other English speakers, to hang out with other Americans, and to do the things that are pretty, you know, pretty widely covered on the travel blogs or the travel guides. And I wanted something more. Um, you know, if I wanted to only get to know Americans, I would have stayed in the United States. And so I started blogging. I started teaching myself about photography and videography. Um, as an avenue to further explore my community. And that's really how I got started. Um, and I saw that, you know, the work I was doing was really powerful when I had friends who came to visit me, and I was in the Middle East at the time, who admitted that, you know, because of the common perception of the Middle East as being really unsafe and unfriendly, they would have never traveled in this region, but they decided to come after they, as my friends, you know, followed my blog and saw kind of the, the generous hospitality of the people in my community, the depth of, you know, friendships and relationships I had built there, and just the amazing things to do and the incredible food. So that was the moment that I really realized that what I was doing as just a fun project could be really powerful. And I continued that project when I came back to the United States and I moved back to Washington, D.C. about a year ago. Nice. I, I definitely appreciate you uh, for doing that and, you know, helping, you know, your friends and now helping so many other people out there. And I think the, the strongest word that I, you know, I heard uh, was that exploration part. And I think so many times that if we just kind of sometimes do the things that we're passionate about, things that we're interested in, a whole entire world not only opens up for us, but I think as you've been able to do, it opens up for so many other people. Yeah, that's definitely true. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to drill down a little bit deeper and hear a little bit more about your blog and all the awesome things that we can find there. Could you take us through exactly what we can find there and what exactly it does to serve the community? Absolutely. So I blog primarily through Instagram. My handle is Feed the Malik, and I also have a website, feedthemalik.com. And now that I'm based in Washington, D.C., I focus on highlighting the work of marginalized peoples in food, be that uh, women, you know, minorities, undocumented folks who frankly really make up the underpinnings of our food system, but so often are not lauded or given awards. So that's the work that I do in general. But what you're going to find on my, my Instagram page and on my blog are 
reviews of places you might not ever see anywhere else. You know, they're not going to be an eater. They're not going to be an edible. These are places without uh, budgets for PR teams. They're mom and pop shops most often. Um, you're going to hear the stories of the people who created these businesses who, you know, really follow their dreams to, to feed people. So often what leads uh, folks to working in food is that they love food <laughs> and then it, it becomes a, a, a career for them. Um, and now because of this particular moment we've been in since the outgrowth of, you know, the civil rights movement that we've seen in response to George Floyd's death and the deaths of others, I have focused a lot on uh, promoting and supporting local Black-owned businesses. Um, as we know, historically in America, Black-owned businesses uh, lack the same access to capital and lending that other businesses might have access to. So, you know, if, if we think about them starting from an unequal position, <clears throat> then the COVID crisis has a dramatic impact on that business community. And so I've been trying to use my platform to to fill the gap however I can, and whether that's to drive customers or to share their stories or now to help, you know, align these business owners with resources. Nice. I definitely appreciate that. And, you know, as you said so well, I think so many times, um, especially like during this pandemic, you know, organizations, businesses, restaurants, very specifically, you know, get overlooked sometimes in, in those opportunities. So I think one of the big things that, you know, you're, you're definitely reminding us of is that we sometimes have a platform by which we can use to, to be the change we hope to see in the world. And I think so many times um, those organizations and those businesses, black owned organizations, those uh, marginalized people, um, they've started their business in order to give a gift to the world. And, you know, I appreciate you by being in a way by which they're able to do that to, to even more people than they could have, because I think, um, you know, it's it's a shame because they have such a passion and gift for the, the businesses and things that they create um, and being able to kind of have that opportunity to share it more with everybody else is definitely something phenomenal you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. I do my best. <laughs> yes. I do what I can. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that uh, that's, you know, the thing that we all have at our forefront. And, and that's the beauty of this kind of day and age is that we have the opportunities, we have more tools than we've ever had, I should say, to really get those names out there, whether it be Instagram or your blog and all the awesome things you've been able to do there. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to ask you now for what I call your secret sauce. And this could be for yourself or your business or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? I've never been asked this question. Um, yes. I would say in the food blogging space, my secret sauce has been that I've been, you know, explicitly political and outspoken in a space where um, for so long the, the narrative has been dominated by trends. And so I do think that set me apart where primarily what you're going to see in the food blogging uh, scene or food writing scene is, you know, simple reviews, backstories of chefs, um, and what I call food porn, um, which is, you know, melted cheese, things with lots of sauce. Um, <laughs> like if you can pour the syrup over a stack of pancakes really slowly, that does well. <laughs> and all of that's beautiful, right? It speaks to us because we can, we can see it and then we can almost taste it. And that's what you want. But I think what set me apart was that I, you know, I, I acknowledge that these trends are powerful, but I also acknowledge that the very human stories that make up the food industry are also powerful. And, you know, I've been really satisfied to see that 
people want more than just pancake syrup and fried cheese. Um, and people do want to hear and learn about where their food comes from and who makes it and how they learn to make it. Um, and I think that <clears throat> particularly in the food space, that's really powerful because we all like food <laughs> and we all have personal stories connected to food, either an incredible meal we had with friends or a dish we learned to make, you know, from our parents at home or, even the way that food is kind of a, a, it carries historical memory, right? The dishes we make now are informed by generations of folks before us who made similar things or perfected this technique. Um, so in the food space, I've really think set myself apart by embracing the fact that food is complicated and at times very politicized um, and also very human. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Mine is gonna be something probably controversial. Clean out your messages. <laughs> when, as, your, as your business grows or your side hustle grows or your hobby grows, you're going to receive more and more correspondence from other people who either want to work with you or they want part of your expertise or they have a suggestion or they have a question. And that's because your, you know, your profile has grown. And I have seen and heard a lot of folks who are like, oh, you know, if it doesn't seem worth my time, I don't reply to these messages. I just delete them. Or I know other, um, other folks who, you know, they let their inboxes pile up. And I have come across, I kid you not, some of the most incredible, like life altering opportunities in my inbox that at first seemed like nothing. It, they seemed like the things that you would push to the bottom or maybe not reply to. And, you know, even if it's a quick no, even if it's a, a, an ask where you're asking, you know, how exactly do you view my participation in this project? I think staying on top of your inbox is essential because you never know what you're going to miss and you know you never know who the person on the other end is if you ignore a message that you think isn't worth your time and and i really speak as someone who operates in kind of the the social media space because i think this is more common in social media than it is for traditional businesses that operate primarily through email but if you ignore a message from someone because you don't think it's worth your time and you don't know who that is you never know in the future if that person is going to be someone you want to work with. And even a quick, hey, I don't think this aligns with the project we're working on right now, but thanks so much for reaching out. That type of professional communication builds relationships and it, you know, it helps position you to others as someone that they'll keep in mind for projects for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love that. Thanks for that reminder. And uh, now I'll ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. And that could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell yourself if you were to hop into a time machine. I would tell myself at the beginning that, you know, I should just shake off the pressure to be like everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you're first starting out with a project, you want to learn from others who have done similar things successfully. But you know, I, I hesitate because in, I think in the early stages, it's easy to want to become those people and to, to emulate them so much that you fo follow in their footsteps without kind of listening to your inner direction. Um, and you can build a similar project. You can work in the same niche, but you will never be that person because your 
background is different, your education is different, and even your leadership style is going to be different. And so, you know, learn from others, network, ask questions, don't be afraid of sounding dumb, just keep asking questions, but don't feel pressure to become someone else or to do exactly what they're doing um, because there is always space for a new idea. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So now I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Anella, what does being a CEO mean to you? Making my own rules. And I say that as someone who, you know, has this, this blog, this project that has grown from me figuring out how to make my own website to now I'm looking towards, okay, in the near future, I'm going to need to hire um, staff. And that is an incredible feeling, but you know, I've, I've done that from the beginning by saying, okay, I'm going to do this my way. And I want to do this because I want to work for myself. I want to make my own rules and I want the, the person who I check in with at the end of the day to see, Hey, was this work satisfactory? Should I do this different? Should I, you know, push harder? I wanted that to be me mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Um, and you know, I, I've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of jobs. <laughs> I was, I worked in the restaurant industry for almost 10 years. I was a server for a long time and a mm -hmm. hostess and a busser and all the things. And what I learned from those experiences is that ultimately I wanted to be the one to make the decisions at the end of the day. Nice. I absolutely, you know, love that definition, that perspective. And you're absolutely right. I think when you, I mean, I think that obviously you can take steps, you can follow trends, you can do all those things as we kind of spoke to during the interview. But I think that when you look in the mirror, can you honestly say that you are quote unquote free? Do you really have that opportunity to, to play by your own rules, to create those rules and set those rules? And I think that what you speak to is something that I think when we kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and understand exactly what we're hoping to accomplish, if you can't answer to yourself, then are you really free? And I think that that's an incredible perspective and definition that we all need to remind ourselves of. I still remind myself of it every day. <laughs> and you absolutely have to, right? So Anella, I truly appreciate that definition and that perspective. I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get all of you and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. So I would say my final note to your readers and listeners is that podcasts like this are invaluable. You know, as I started my project where I admitted during the interview, I didn't know very much. I, I wasn't a photographer. I wasn't a videographer. I didn't have these skills. I, I didn't know anything about SEO or all of the other things you need to be a successful blogger and writer. And I learned so much from free resources that were primarily podcasts. Um, so don't discount you know, the expertise that's available just because it's packaged in a free form. Don't think you always have to pay for a class, though there might be times where that is most appropriate. Um, so that's my, that's my, you know, my final note. I always try to remind people that there is a wealth of free information on the internet if you do a little bit of digging or, you know, on your phone. And if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram at feedthemalik or uh, my webpage is feedthemalik.com. You're going to find good food there. You're going to find, you know, some historical stories, some funny stories, and a whole lot of, of humanity.
Absolutely. Well, I definitely appreciate that, Anella. We will have the links and information in the show notes, but definitely, you know, appreciate that reminder. You know, I always say that when you peel back the onion of business, sometimes you forget about that human aspect, but each of the businesses and organizations are made up of people um, and understanding that human aspect. And I appreciate you for, for highlighting that as well, too. And of course, reminding us of the University of Google and the University of YouTube <laughs> and the University of Podcasts as well, too, where there's loads and loads of great content and information that can make us bigger and better. Uh, in so many different aspects. So thank you so much again, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.